This is Scott and Paul's show. There will be no review for Star Wars because I didn't watch it. Scott was going to pick me up today, but eh, screw it. We'll watch it some other time. But Scott did see it. So, hey, Scott and Paul's show. Expect less and your win. Welcome to Scott Postel episode 11, I believe. Scott, you saw Star Wars. Burn, borrow, buy, whatever. I forgot what our gimmick is. I do Burn, too. borrow, buy, which is it? I'm a buy. Um, I thought it was pretty good, and I will be non-spoiler. Um, so no spoiler. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty good movie that backtracks into some of the J.J. Abrams kind of stuff that I don't like briefly and then goes back to being a Star Wars movie. Um, I thought the actors all did really well. Uh, I thought Harrison Ford knocked it out of the park. Um, Daisy Ridley was awesome. And I like the overall story, but later on, it's just a little too close to one of the other movies, but they did a pretty good job filming it at the very least. So I, I say go see it. It's I thought it was very good. Okay. And I kind of couldn't get off work today, and I should have texted you and told you that I couldn't get off work today. I slept all day because I've been getting screwed at work all day. So now here's the somewhat spoilery part. It's basically the extended universe condensed. Pretty much. That's, that's all this. JJ did nothing new. There you go. Now, on to this old news and new news. Because it's Christmas, people. There's nothing going on. But here's the good news. Um, we are going to do our review that we've been promising for the last, I don't know, couple months. We are going to start doing our, uh, our wrestling review. So... Also, we have a Tokyo Dome coming up pretty soon. So, yay. Scott's going to have to get caught up in his new Japan. Um, so, we're going to do the games first and then get caught up on the movies. And then we will do our... We're, we're going to skip ahead and get caught up on Brian Vinny. So, 30 weeks today, NWA. So, here we go. And not uh, NWA, who is being inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because, you know, rap belongs in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So, so like, Sly Stone's in there, too, so why not, right? But, hey, I, I like Easy and Dr. Dre, so, eh, whatever. 
Scott, Telltale Batman game is coming your way, which is like 20 days old news, but whatever. We skipped it. Are you down for this? I am down for this. By the way, I think it's the longest you've spoken on the podcast without me interrupting since we started. I was actually starting to chime in a couple of times. I thought, no, he's... I don't ever let him finish a sentence. <laughs> I was just like sitting here, like biting my tongue, like shut up, Scott. It's, um, it's Christmas. That's hey, shut up, Paul. So yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I mean, it's telltale. I like everything that they've done. I, I thought your windows, Tim crapped out on you again. So I kept going to you. Yeah, remember. there's that too. Um, but the thing is, I say, I like everything they've done. Uh, I've only played walking dead season one about half of back to the future which wasn't as good but it was it was fun and the jurassic park game which was okay but you know it's definitely it was like the building blocks for what they're doing now um but i know the reviews are good for all their other projects um i actually own most of their stuff i just haven't gotten around to playing it yet so i'm pretty excited that batman's gonna be there i'll probably get to play that around 2019 so when I get caught up on the other ones, I need to play. Was it Wolf Among Us? Is that the Wolf one? Wolf Among Us is really good. And I need to play Walking Dead season two. And I haven't touched the Game of Thrones stuff. I'm actually not even sure what the reviews are like for Game of Thrones. But I like Telltale's style. I like. I'm an old school PC gamer. I like the. Oh God! I just called myself a gamer. I did not mean to do that. I play games on an old PC. Okay. So I like point and click type games that doesn't bother me because i was weaned on that stuff uh so and that's basically telltale's a good story in a point and click adventure essentially with a little bit of quick time elements thrown in which i'm not a big fan of quick time but it seems to work pretty well in like walking dead are you skipping out on the minecraft story mode no um my son has been begging for it and we bought the um the disc that has the code in it or the case that has the code in it survival uh, story mode, Minecraft story mode. So I've seen a few videos of that cause my son's been watching videos for it. So that'll probably actually be the next telltale game I play will be Minecraft. Not much is known about the telltale Batman game. What era it's set in if it's old school Batman or 1970s Batman. I kind of hope it's the 1970s kind of, World traveling Batman. Yeah, I hope it's the traveling Batman, but I really hope it's uh, freaking Batman the animated series. Yeah, Kevin Conroy, Bruce Tim, Mark Hamill. Let's do this. He's so. yeah, but well, Hamill's retired from Joker, isn't he? He's retired unless there's a really good story and he's getting paid a lot of money. True. Yeah. Of course, he's he's coming back to do the the Killing Joke, so. He can always come back. Yeah. I mean, outside of Star Wars, he's probably not going to do anything else anyways. I mean, I love the guy. I think he's a qualified actor, but he just hasn't had the brightest career outside of Star Wars. Well, I mean, he he's coming back to do, or, or he already did it, um, The Flash, to play the trickster. So. Yeah. So, it's possible. He, he may come back to do it, but nothing else has been announced. If you get a chance, look up the Mark Hamill disguised as a stormtrooper video on YouTube. It was a charity thing that he did for Omaze, I believe is what it's called. 
and uh, there's a Hans Solo one too, but or Harrison Ford one. But the one with Mark Hamill is actually pretty funny because he's. I don't think he really reveals himself to anybody, and they're saying some just funny shit, like they get his name wrong and all kinds of stuff. Mm. So it's it's pretty it's pretty good, and you know, I guess I could drop something for some charity that I don't even know what it's about, but whatever. I guess you can click on their link and read that. Bayonetta developer Platinum Games is on the verge of reuniting the Ninja Turtles game, if the Australian classification board is to be believed. Uh what do you see? Activision is yet to issue a response to these claims unless it has already been revealed because this is old news. So uh, what do you think, Scott? Platinum Games, Ninja Turtles. I'm excited. Uh, it'd be nice if someone made a good Ninja Turtle game. Uh, the thing is, I mean, they made Bayonetta. They made Bayonetta 2. Um, is it Scalebound? I haven't played that one yet. So, I mean, they have a good pedigree. Transformers uh, Devastation got pretty pretty good reviews. Uh, so, I'm, yeah, I'm excited to see it. I think they're a good company. Uh, they make great games, period. Wonderful 101. Um, the, the guy that's over Platinum Games, he's a freaking douche. But, man, he makes good video games. Devil May Cry, you know, the first two or three, he was involved with all those. I don't remember what his name is. He banned me on Twitter. But whatever. Um, yeah. He's, he's a great game developer. So, Platinum Games has got an awesome pedigree. I haven't played anything bad from the company yet. <sighs> and, and, I mean, really, Bayonetta 2 is one of the best games I've played in the last five years. Easily. Probably a top 10, top 15. Maybe even higher than that. I'd have to sit down and really think about it, but that's a very good game. What was the Ninja Turtle game for I believe it was GameCube that was only two players. Was it Melee? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a game that's based around a four-player team, but only for two players. On, On a, a system that has four control boards. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Uh, it's like booking Raw. Okay. I played it, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't any, wasn't any good. I think Adam Sester said it was not that bad, but... Just that whole concept was amazing. The Ratchet and Clank, uh, I don't necessarily think it's a reboot, but the uh, Ratchet and Clank movie game, which does look really good, now is locked for April 12, 2016. So what do you think, Scott? Does it look pretty good? I think it looks good, and it's a series with a, another great pedigree. I mean, yeah. have they made a bad Ratchet and Clank game? I think stellar or at least really good describes pretty much all of them. So yeah. Yeah. So at least we have a date for it now. Yeah. It's a great series. I didn't get my kids started on it. I've only played it a little bit. Honestly, uh, I might have I'm not even sure which one I played. It wasn't the first one, but I played five or six hours of one of them back in the day. And it was, I mean, it was, it was really, really good. But I was swinging towards the original Xbox at the time. I always wanted to play Tools of Destruction. Is that the first one? PlayStation 3? Tools of Destruction is the one I remember the commercial for the most. They had a great commercial, but I don't know if that was the first one on PlayStation 3 or not. It's the one I never got. That's the one I wanted. For. They have that collection. It's like, you go to GameStop, I think you can get it for like 22 or 23 bucks. It's got like four games in it or three games. 
Yeah. I always wanted because that was the first demo I think I played in PlayStation Three was on that one. I never did get it. Okay, we talked about this game before. This is the Tekken Seven Virtual Reality, which I think that's what set us off on the uh, um, Princess Leia. <laughs> VR game that Scott wanted. Yeah, well, did we actually talk about Tekken or we just talked about Princess Leia? I think we talked about Princess Leia. I'm gonna have to do like some cardboard boy, oh boy. VR. I'm just saying. Um anyway, they they finally set the record straight on what Tekken 7 VR integration is all about. Um this was First announced in Paris Games Week in October 7th, Bandai Namco had kept the lid on the finer detail of Tekken 7's foreway into virtual reality. Um, who is this speaking here? Game, senior game designer Michael Murray said, quote, I think people... Hold on. Maybe we should actually read these before we start talking about them. I skimmed through most of them. Yeah. Well, if I'm actually reading the quotes to figure out, I'm what just trying to get my computer to scroll down so I can even. You're, you're trying to look for that princely like abandon boy here. No, I'm actually trying to tab over, <laughs> and the tab's not working. You know, I, I that's what I get for buying a bargain basement PC for work. I should have known better. Yeah. I think people think we're going to incorporate VR into the main game itself, when we don't currently see a way that we would enhance tech into a new level, better than what it would be right now. The only hint we could probably give is that Tekken is ultimately all about the characters. You want to see the cool characters, the cute female characters like Lucky Chloe, and we have all kinds of customization for them and that they have all these cool techniques that are motion captured. Something that would allow people to enjoy the game in that aspect maybe is all that we can say. How the fuck would that help in virtual reality? I don't see... I mean... A VR fighting game is probably decades from being any good. Possible today, I'm sure. Good, probably not. I don't know. The thing, I mean, the control inputs for first-person fighting, I mean, you're, you, you can't play this. I don't see how you can maintain the Tekken game engine style of fighting engine. Not the game engine itself, but the fighting engine. How can you maintain that? greatness from what would probably be a first person perspective see what i'm saying so unless i mean the only thing i could see would maybe if they could do 3d through the vr set that'd be about the best you could do i mean right now you still have people who are getting motion sickness from vr they still haven't fixed that yeah hey i mean the other thing is is I mean, is it going to be the part of the game where you're actually fighting where they utilize VR, or is it going to be like they freaking bring over the guy from Dead or Alive and now you can... It's boot physics. It's boot like... physics, and you're swirling around in virtual reality, interacting virtually with the female casters in model viewer mode, and you got like special edition gloves or something that lets you jiggle their mm -hmm. boobs. I don't know. So, whatever. But you would have to order that specially from PlayAsia, but you can't buy it in America. Yeah, you have to go to playasia.com, which is a great website. So yeah, yeah. It's not like you could feel the texture of the boobs. Oh, well, you got to buy special gloves for that. That's a, Yeah, but does it really transmit the, the same tactile feel or similar enough? Oh, you got tactile gloves. 
It's just got right, that. but are they worth a I mean, fuck? It's it's like the same. You know how on Xbox One, how they got the the special, you know, like on the on their triggers, they got the vibration on the triggers. Same oh, thing. Yeah. Works. Yeah. Yeah, it's not really the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you don't have the special gloss. As apparently, it, it, it's like on the new uh, on the new iPhone. Get the force touched. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking that someday that sex industry is probably going to drive VR gaming. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, I mean, seriously, that's decades away in my I mean, it's, it's, it's like the pussy pocket, you know? You just set it on there and just let it go. Yeah, or like the flashlight for your uh, iPad. Yeah. yeah. So all you Apple douches can finally make love to your iPads. That's right. That's right. So. <laughs> See, that's why I can't figure out. The Intel's all came with fucking dildos. <laughs> hey, you why does iPad get a flashlight? PC gets a freaking dildo. There's something wrong here, yeah. man. I mean, for people that want the dildo, that's great, but <laughs> shouldn't we have the option? Yeah. Yeah. You don't have Very to worry about choice, guys. Hey, the best part is you don't have to worry about giving up half of everything you own to it. Toss it out. Our 43 or 44 people that listen to this, that every time we say dildo, a social justice warrior dies. So, <laughs> dildo, 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 dildo. Star really Wars, Dolph Maul game by Red Fly most likely won't be happening. Well, we could have told you this. Yeah. I think they're going to want to skin everything in the original trilogy for the next few years and the Force Awakens trilogy. I mean, the guy, I mean, he sounded passionate about the project mm -hmm. and it sounded somewhat promising, but I don't know. Eh, I'm not too upset about it. Whereas like 1313, we saw footage and the game looked amazing. And then there was the old Battlefront, which looked really interesting that they canceled. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's not that I'm getting too worked up over. I would love to see a definitive Darth Maul badass experience, but... Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess he, I guess he finally had his interview with them, and they're like, "Yeah, don't care." Thing is, if it's got Star Wars on it, it's probably gonna sell, especially right now. That movie is making such huge headlines for all the money it's making, and I think it's gonna permeate pop culture more than like say the prequels did, and. But the prequels were a cash cow when it came to video games and merchandise. But they want nothing to Not do with quality. Just money. Yeah, but they want nothing to do with Darth Maul. So eh. maybe they don't think he's relevant because he died in May of 1999. Mm. <laughs> so that's a possibility, you know. But I mean, for a guy that has two lines and a few minutes of screen time. I mean, he really grabbed people's imaginations. He's what people remember about those movies more than anything. Yeah. So even the terrible part of it, you know, this movie sucks, but Darth Maul was awesome. That's what pretty much everybody says. I think he was a pretty shallow character. He was just an awesome design and he was a awesome visual experience. Yep. George Lucas dropped the ball off that one. Yeah. That's a guy that should have been in there to revenge of the Sith. Plain and simple. Yeah. I don't know, maybe if he could go back, he might be like, man. I'm I mean, if you want to see Mint Anakin as being a badass, that's the guy he needs to take out. Especially if you're not going to show any of the Jedi slaughter. 
Yeah. All right, we can get into that, but mm. move on. I love the prequels, guys. Yeah. Netflix announced, well, under TV news, TV and movies, Netflix announces Fuller House launch date, no, Friday, November 26th. All 13 episodes will be available. Of what year? Next year. Oh. And Michelle Tanner's not on it, right? Which one's Michelle? That's the little, that's the Olsen, right? The Olsen, the Olsen twins. twins. Um, well, they will not be on here. And I might be able to actually stomach it. I couldn't stand Full House when I was a kid because I didn't like the twins. They just annoyed the shit out of me. I don't so. think they'll be on here. No. They're billionaires. I mean, shit. Nope. I don't blame them. Guest appearances by John Stamos, Bob Saget, Dave Coulier, Lori Longling, and Scott Wanger. Weger. Jesse, Danny, Joey, Becky, and Steve. I wonder if Kimmy Gibbler is going to be hot like she was in the future sequences. The Olsons just have such weird mouths. And Fuller House, the adventures that began in 1987, good Lord, on Full House continue with veterinarian DJ Tanner Fuller, recently widowed, isn't that so happy? Um, and living in San Francisco, DJ's younger sister slash aspiring musician, Stephanie Tanner, and DJ's lifelong best friend slash fellow single mother, Kimmy Gibbler, along with Kimmy's feisty teenage daughter, Ramona, all move in to help take care of DJ's young boys. The rebellious 12-year-old Jackson, neurotic 7-year-old Max, and her newborn baby Tommy. So, okay, here's Michelle Tanner's fate. I just Googled this shit. So apparently she dies killed by a drunk driver wielding a firearm. No, I'm fucking with you. She's a fashion designer in New York. Well, I mean, considering the fact that this starts off with a fucking widowed mother and she, she has three have been kids. <laughs> yeah. Are there any transgenders in this show? I mean, there should be some representation. I probably won't watch it. I'm going to object. Well, you're in San Francisco. There's probably transgenders there. I don't have a problem with it. I don't either. Bailey J's pretty hot. I'll give her that. Ooh. <laughs> don't Google it. I'm not on your laptop. <laughs> okay. So, Batman versus Superman runtime. I can't look. Batman, I'm on that computer. Batman versus Superman. Dawn of Justice runtime has been revealed. This may or may not be a spoiler, but it is fucking long. Is transgender the right word? Not on preferred pronoun um oh wait i don't care 154 minutes no wrong wrong movie that's 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 superman returns one two 151 minutes yes (laughs) every time i say transgender dies two hours and 31 minutes (laughs) yeah two hours and 31 minutes wow Kind of surprised at that. It probably needs a long runtime because they're probably gonna cram all kinds of shit in it since they got a big since they have a cameo from a ninja turtle or Charles S. Dutton in a spacesuit. 
Well, you have to put Aquaman in there and Flash and Yeah, we gotta have everybody show up. They should really just go with post credit scenes like Marvel did. Um I don't know. I'm just excited for Batman versus Superman still. I mean, I'm a little less excited than I was, but I'm still excited. Like I had no hope at first. And then, like, I kept considering this whole Ben Affleck angle and his abilities as a writer and director. And I'm like, maybe he'll have some influence. And then I'm like, oh, okay, just I can accept it. I see a couple of spy shots. I'm thinking it looks all right. See some scenes, the trailer. I'm like, wow, this is, looks like a kick ass movie. And then I see the other trailer, and it's like, well, it's in the same movie that was in the other trailer. What the hell? So I don't know. I mean, I bet it's still looking like it's, I'm still excited. So. I cannot wait to see Charles S. Dutton's mutant ass punch Clark in the face. I'm just saying. Oh, I'm sorry. It was a Ninja Turtle, right? No, 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 no. It was Doomsday. Is that who it's supposed to be? Mm. It's either Doomsday, a Michael Bay Ninja Turtle, or Charles S. Dutton, who also plays Michael Bay Ninja Turtles. In or a giant fetus. So It could be a giant fetus. Did It's only weakness is coat hangers. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> kryptonite coat hangers so anyways i just killed another conservative i don't remember if we talked about civil war last week or not we did and or, did I, we talk about the synopsis last week a little bit but i gotta i gotta have a little bit of a retraction i was talking about it was kind of conservative minded i think it's a it's a bipartisan down the middle kind of movie because of the liberal side has kind of fought the whole government spying thing a lot more than many of the conservatives. Then you got your libertarians on the conservative side that do not like all the government spying either. So it's down the middle, in my opinion. So well, we're going to reread the back if, to the synopsis. If, if we did talk about the synopsis or not, we're going to we read it. We talked about the movie and the trailer. We did not read the synopsis. I'm okay. Like, well, here's the official finish. synopsis. Marvel's Captain America Civil War finds Steve Rogers leading the newly formed team of Avengers in their continued efforts to safeguard humanity. But after an incident involving the Avengers results in collateral damage, political pressure mounts to install a system of accountability, headed by a governing body to oversee the indirect team. The new status quo fractures the Avengers, resulting in two camps, one led by Steve Rogers and his desire for the Avengers to remain free to... It's time for me to wake up, Scott. It's time for us to do the podcast. One led by Steve Rogers and his desire for the Avengers to remain free to defend humanity without government interference, and the other following Tony Stark's surprising decision to support government oversight and accountability. I now owe everybody a beer because my phone went off. It's true. Um, I, I wonder if they're going to expand – to the original Civil War premise, synopsis, whatever, the premise, that it was all of the superheroes and the mutants that were under this registration deal? Or is it just going to be they're trying to reel in the Avengers? Are they going to acknowledge an even wider existence than what they've already promoted? Because to me, that makes an interesting story. But man, it's just more interesting when it's everybody involved. Yeah, you don't have to show everybody, but you can just say, yeah, everybody's involved. Because if you show everybody, it's just too much shit. We don't have 14 movies to do this in. Well, we Inhumans exist. Yeah. In that, in that universe. So. Mutants don't exist, but... Okay, but superheroes. Superheroes. People yeah. with powers. 
powers do exist. I don't know what it is for a superhero. So, um, yeah, I mean, but at the same time, being a little more low key <laughs> mm. than all the um, we're going to destroy the world and universe plots, um, that could be a good change of pace. That stuff wears out a little bit in these movies. It's always the whole damn planet's at stake. The whole world's at stake. You know, if we if we knock it down to freedom of people just within this country, especially in light of the way the political environment runs in real life right now, where freedom is a big thing and everybody's trying to promote, you got this other section over here trying to squash it. I find it very interesting. It's good timing. And right now, everybody knows who everybody is, with the exception of Spider-Man. Right. So yeah, I mean, Iron Man revealed it in the first movie. But everybody knows who everybody is with the exception of Spider-Man. About, um, no, Hawkeye doesn't wear a mask, does he? Nope. Every, everybody is known except for Spider-Man. Yeah. And he would be the one guy who's like, well, there's going to be more people coming out. Showing yeah. who, who they are. Yeah, and he's going to stand on the side of tyranny like in the comic, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, tyranny. Well, he's, he's a menace. Yeah. JJ, uh, uh, shit, I almost said JJ Abrams. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, he is. was right all along. Yeah. Enemy of America. So. Uh, he needs to get Peter Parker to take pictures of him doing tyrannical shit. I hope they recast. What was that guy's name that played J. Jonah Jameson? He was uh, awesome in Terminator Genesis, actually. Also, yeah, I forgot his name, but he was really good. Shit, he was really good in both movies. I just say keep him at the very least. Probably get Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, J.K. Simmons, I think was his name. J.K. Simmons, that's right. Yeah. Yep. So, anyways, J.K. Simmons, you're awesome. I'm a fan. He was great. He was awesome. Like, yeah, both roles he knocked out of the park. But, um, but I mean, he's dare I say iconic as J. Jonah Jameson. He was awesome. I mean, he's pretty fucking awesome. He were, he definitely reminded me of of JJ from the uh, JJJ from the from the cartoon series more than anything. Yeah, and I mean, like, uh, I don't know, I don't even know what to say. I mean, he's probably he's I think he's the best performance in. All the movies so far. So, he was only in the first three, right? They got a new yeah. Jameson in the other one. That was it. Yeah, I don't even remember who played in in the new one. I couldn't even tell you what race he was. Was he white? Was he black? Was he Europe European? <laughs> was he was he a Viking? Yeah. That that tells you how. Bad I mean, I don't know how they they cast just at random anymore. So I mean, I I have no idea what J.J. Jameson was like in the new movies. That that tells you how shitty he was cast. Was he even in it? Or written? Yeah, that's something else. Emerson, amazing Spider-Man. Uh, he was referenced in Amazing Spider-Man Two. He hasn't been shown yet, apparently. Wow. Okay. So, anyways, yeah, I can't. I mean, those movies are fairly forgettable. Oh. The last. Three out of five are forgettable for me. 
and the first, second one was a complete remake of the first one. So, um, all right. Anyways, hey, J.K. Simmons is awesome. You yeah. heard it here first. No, you probably haven't. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> well, there's, there's no reason why you can't bring him back then. Okay. There's no reason except stupidity. Here we go. Well, this Where are we going. <laughs> well, I don't Suicide know. Squad, what? No. no yeah, this stupid fucking story. Uh, All right, 80s fanboys, listen up and listen good. We got, uh, let's see, Paramount Pictures and Hasbro have announced that the G.I. Joe film franchise will become part of a larger universe that includes other properties such as Micronauts, which I don't remember, Visionaries, which I barely remember, Mask, I remember well, and Rom, I have some comics. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. I'll watch Mask, but can they set it in the 80s and have like a freaking Camaro with Gullwing doors or Firebird, whatever the hell it was in the original Mask? And the uh, semi-trailer with the rocket launcher thing in the back it comes out. Hmm. I'm just saying. I, I've, I don't know where the hell they're going to go with Visionaries. Weren't they just like new age looking heroes? Hmm. <laughs> like new age hippies with powers and armor? I have no idea what Micronauts is. I'm going to in a second. Uh, the mask was actually, I don't know, I liked the mask a lot. I liked the toys. I liked the cartoon. Um, I cannot tell you any of the names of the characters though. When I got in the mask, it was, I was like five and then, you know, it wasn't long and I was in the transformers and I was into He-Man and all that. So mask. it just seems like these masks to me off the top of my head, seems like the biggest one out of the bunch. Mobile arm strike command with the K. Yeah. yeah. Just as they are doing with Transformer films, Hasbro Paramount will hire a writing team to develop films in this new movie universe. Yeah, I'm looking at some Micronauts stuff. Holy shit. I have a Micronaut toy right here in the room with me and didn't even know it. It's amazing. I, I was just telling my wife the other day, I was like, I wonder what the hell kind of toys these are. They're little blue and red and white little vehicle things. Like they had like chrome pieces on them. Like they had claws. They were like extremely simple transformers. If I'm recollecting now looking at their toys over there. Stupid computer work, right? So, Oh, okay. So I was wondering what that was. I was got to whip out the old Google and look it up. But now I know we got Biotron. Ospark hmm. Pictures, Hasbro's film label, will produce the films, and Brian Goldner, Chairman, President, and CEO of Hasbro, oh, Hasbro, Stephen Davis, uh, Executive Vice President and Chief Content Officer, Hasbro, and Joss Feldman, Head of Film Development, Hasbro, have worked with Paramount in shaping the interconnected universe for the properties to develop the creative roadmap for G.I. Joe, Micronauts, Visionaries, Mask, and Rom. And Hasbro, um, Hasbro and Paramount will assemble a writer's room, which will include some of the most notable creative talent in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this Micronaut is awesome. <laughs> You've got to see this. 
Hold on, Matt. Dun, 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 dun. I'm going to draw you with my big chrome dick. Dun, 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 dun. That's what the toy is telling me. Hmm. The toy is telling me it's going to draw you with a big chrome dick. If you're offended by that, go hang yourself. All right, then. There it is. Let's see. All right. Uh, wow. Although, you know, yeah, it's pretty scary, right? He has a giant drill for a dick. I'm just saying, like, if he transforms into that shit, Optimus Prime is laying down his weapons and leaving the area. They actually produced that? Yeah. Takara was the first company, and then Migo. I can't wait to see that one. Yeah, I have a couple of those toys. Not that one. I had some even simpler than that. Um, but whatever. Um, after their Africa Goldsman-led writer's room experiment led to at least three movies ideas to extend Transformers, Hasbro and Paramount have set Goldsmith to supervise a writer's room for their G.I. Joe movie series. And they will go the same route with Ghostman to draft ideas for the Hasbro property Micronauts with Ghostsmith supervising that as well. This change of duties means Ghostsmith will supervise but won't write the next Transformers installments. Paramount now is negotiating with writer's room participants Art Markham and Matt Holloway, Iron Man, and Black Hawk, Hawk downscribe Ken Nolman to write the script together. That course change will, was cemented by Paramount, Hasbro, Michael Bay, Steven Spielberg, and producers Lorenzo Di Bonaventura, Ventura, and Don Murphy. These writers' room experiment was hatched as a way to inject the collaborative exchange of ideas that happened in the development of TV shows to flesh out Transformers Universe and create a steady flow of product after Transformers Dark of the Moon grossed $1.12 billion. That's amazing, isn't it? It is amazing. Among is those amazing. who took part was Christina Hutt, blah, 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 blah. Uh, oh, man. So anyways, long story short, they're making movies out of every franchise imaginable. I mean, hell, we've already had a Battleship franchise movie. So. I already saw that one. Wasn't it called Pearl Harbor? With ben mm. Affleck? So, Takara. Hmm. They made some... Uh, Star Wars toys in Japan back in the day. So. Scott, did you watch Ant-Man yet? No, I haven't seen Ant-Man yet. I actually forgot Ant-Man existed until you just said it. Well, I need to watch that movie. Suicide Squad film synopsis was released as well. It feels good to be bad. Assemble a team of the world's most dangerous incarcerated supervillains. Provide them with the most powerful arsenal at the government's disposal and send him off on a mission to defeat an enigmatic, insuperable entity. U.S. intelligence officer Amanda Waller has determined only a secretly convened group of desperate, despicable individuals with next to nothing to lose will do. However, once they realize they weren't picked to succeed but chosen for their patent culpability, when they inevitably fail... Will the Suicide Squad resolve to die trying or decide it's every man for himself? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was turned off to the whole synopsis when you said it feels good to be bad. That is such a freaking overused mm. descriptor of things. So, uh, this is a movie I don't have any hope for. 
I will give it a fair shake. Do not get me wrong, but I do not have any hope for it. Like, if I log in and I see, like, rave reviews all over the internet, then I might go see it. But there is nothing in the trailers or pre-production that makes me want to go see this. Yep. Kurt so, Russell. It's kind of hot. The twisted, freaky kind of way. Kurt Russell, I had to play Chris Pat's, Chris Pratt's dad in Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy 2. This was an exclusive by the rep. And since this was old news, it has now been confirmed that, yeah, Kurt Russell said, yeah, yeah. I've been talking to him about it. So, this is kind of funny because we just, uh, was it last week when James Gunn was like, I'm done talking about this bullshit. Yeah, pretty much. Uh-huh. I man, I'm telling you what, Kurt Russell's the bomb. I love him in the movies and I love his uh, personality outside of movies. I like listening to his interviews and um he's he's extremely well spoken he's much i hate that i'm not trying to say he's smarter than he looks but he's he just seems like he's intellectually a lot further than the characters he tends to portray anyways that's the way i want to say it it's not his look it's just he the hell was his name in big you trouble mean, little china you, mean you gotta be a lot smarter than captain ron yeah captain ron yeah that yeah so I like Kurt Russell. Like I said, I like his politics. I like his movies. I like, I like his appearance. I mean, I think he's a, he's a, um, it's a word I'm looking for, like a rogue, but it's not the word I'm looking for. I don't know. He's just a, he's just a, a rough looking, handsome dude that made some good movies and gave some pretty good performances here and there. Not just here and there, and a lot of them. Uh, back in December 16th, the first, uh, well, around December 16th, the first official photo hits from Ghostbusters. And, boy, they didn't even try to put out a high-res photo. They just gave us a yeah, that photo is so low-res. I was looking for other copies when you first sent me that, and I couldn't find them. So, so. they're not even trying. No. Should are they, photo, are they concerned that they didn't hire a bunch of 20-something teeny boppers to play the part. So maybe that's why they have the low res photo. I don't know. So there there's, that's a lot of faith in the movie. The, the one lady, uh, Kristen wig, uh, you can't even, she's not even recognizable as Kristen wig to me. Like when I Googled her and brought up all the other comparison photos, I was like, that doesn't even look like the same person. It was like the little redheaded girl from, uh, um, supernatural. I can't remember what her name is. So anyways, yeah, they didn't really try. So yeah. I, I'm just, I'm interested to see it. Don't get me wrong, but I can get a higher res photo out of my iPhone. So what the fuck, people? Yeah. Nice try. You fucking suck. Fuck you and your fucking Ghostbusters film. Ninja Turtles trailer. I actually thought the trailer looked okay. I just had to kind of ignore the Ninja Turtles that were in it, but everything else looked all right. Some parts did look Ninja Turtle-ish. But I know what I'm going to get because it's Michael freaking Bay. So I'm yeah. not going to get too excited. Um, Shredder looked pretty cool. Don't get me wrong. And the big thing is for me. Was in the trailer, I didn't even pay attention. Was he? Yeah, he, he pops his claws out like Wolverine style on some guy. Um, the uh, he looked decent. The that's what I was going to say. Um, or one of the things I was going to hit on real quick is. The Ninja Turtles, or they're super powered, like 
Spider-Man strong or something or stronger. It's it made the first movie. I just wasn't interested until they fought what's his face because there was nobody until they fought the imposter shredder. They they didn't have anything that could really push him. You know what I mean? They tried, but I'm like these guys are just big and strong. They're gonna come back and kick ass. So having something that's as strong as them or stronger, uh, that's interesting. That makes it, you know, they're they're not running into that Superman problem where he's so powerful. What's the point? So maybe, but we shall see. I mean, I actually kind of like the first Transformers movie, and there were moments in the third one that were pretty good action wise, but. I didn't really care for the second one or the last one. The last one had a few moments that were entertaining, but I mean four. Yeah, four. I mean, it had a, it had a moment or two here and there that was okay, but I'm I mean, not mental. I yeah. did this. Yeah, I don't know. They just I, I know it's Transformers. I'm not expecting Shakespeare, but geez, Louise, you know, it's like the other thing, like April O'Neil. Um, I'm not even going to. That scene where she's tying her freaking shirt up and stomping towards the camera. I mean, really? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like a salt and pepper video from the 90s. You know, are we still there? I mean, well, I'm the, the first guy. There. Yeah, I'm the first guy to to kind of be skeptical about sexism stuff, but that was I don't know. I thought it was just atrocious. I was like, really? Does she offer nothing to the character other than some skin? So and I, and I don't think she does because she well, can't react. April O'Neil had giant fucking tits. She did, in fact, have giant breasts. But you know, she no, was she did not have, no, Scott. Scott, go she back. Was, she did not have giant breasts. She had huge fucking tits. Did I say breast? You said breast. She I had think giant. The last time I said breast was at KFC when I ordered some. <laughs> um, no, no, that character had tits, not breast. <laughs> she had some tits. Yes, she did have some tits. And <laughs> not only that, she had fabulous tits. They were fucking great. Like April remember when she was taking the shower, and I mean, they fucking drew tits. They, they, drew they did not give her breast. They were fucking glorious tits. Oh my gosh, I'm pretty sure we're slaying feminists by the. I don't give a shit. They were what they, they were. were. I'm just saying we're slaying feminazis by the second by saying they, tits. I mean, they they drew so, that for tits, tits, for tits, us. tits, 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 tits. They were tits. They were not this is breasts. Now known tits. as the tits episode. All right. So, anyways, and, and they'll be on tw- the if this, there, this, this if there are any listening, they'll be on Twitter. Like, this is what we're talking about. These are gamers. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry that I'm biologically preordained to like breast. I mean tits. Scott's got issues. Yeah. Yeah, it's called evolution. But I mean. So, I'm just saying. I can find that episode, but anyway, Anyways, but, but there was this, this when she was taking the shower. Remember, and she had that robe, and she came out. Remember? Yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. The the, the action figure, everything. So, yeah. Ninja Turtles rocks, man. I was so disappointed when they casted that first chick in, in the movie, and she's not. She had tiny little nubs. I was like 10 when that movie came. I was like, she has no tits. There goes Scott. (laughs) Searching. Well, that's not April O'Neil. I know. Oh, shit. Wrong computer. (laughs) 
So, anyways, uh, I, was, I thought the trailer looked okay, and Bebop and Rocksteady looked awesome. And the actors that are playing them work for me. How do you feel about Arrow playing Casey Jones? I don't know about the buzz cut, but I'm hey, whatever. I like the guy that plays Arrow. Wow. Um, are we? Is he going to have any range? We're going to see if he can do anything except play an asshole. So, <laughs> unless they wrote Casey Jones as an asshole, and if they write him like he was in the first movie or in the series, I mean, he's a hard ass in the series. You know, yeah, he's like, he I'm going to smash you in the face of the hockey stick. Yeah. Because yeah, sports and stuff. So, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, but I want to see, is he going to be, is he going to have any moments where he's not just being a hard ass? Yeah. And is him and April and Neil kind of going to kind of fall for each other? <sighs> I'm just saying, I don't think Michelangelo has a chance. Now, that being said, if she was a major movie producer, I'm pretty sure Megan Fox would sleep with Michelangelo. But that's neither here nor there. Well, you know that if, if it was the, um, Well, the music from the '90s was was right. Yes, but wrong era. '80s, '90s. Yeah, so. I don't know. I thought Bebop and Rocksteady were pretty awesome. <sighs> but it's supposed to be, it's Megan Fox is pretty. I'll give her that. What what is the era? Is it supposed to be? Is it supposed to be current? Is it contemporary? Uh, it's yes. Yes, so why did they go with the old school music? I, you know, I mean, look at the old school look of Bebop and Rocksteady. It's the look they had. So maybe they're just like living in the 90s and 80s still. Well, I mean, maybe I they're like my man cave, which is a freaking ode to the 80s and 90s. Are, are the turtles still busting out the old Kabanga and, and all that shit? Yeah, yeah, they are. Okay, well, fuck it. I guess it works then. I mean, hell, I, I mean, the music we listen to is still from the fucking 80s and 90s, so why not? Yeah, I still listen to that stuff. Um, you Have have you seen the first Ninja Turtles? I'm not going to watch that. I I'm not saying you should. I was just curious if you had. <laughs> oh, by the way, I mean... Do not waste your time. The Fantastic Four is out on Blu-ray. If, if you want to watch a really bad movie, we can review yeah. it sometime. I'm pretty sure it launched in the fucking bargain bin. No, <laughs> it's still like 20 bucks. Jeez, I hope that tanks. I don't want anybody to be out of work for it, but I do want people to freaking learn their lesson about making. Well, I hope the directors out of work for it. Because at this point, Fox has to be saying, "Is this even a property worth holding on to?" <clears throat> so well, I hope Fox is knocking on Disney's door and like, um, "Hey, you want this back? Somebody left it on our doorstep." It was on fire, and we stomped on it until it quit burning. <laughs> and we realized it was shit. Yeah. You can have it back. Yeah. Zootopia. I, Zootopia trailer. It looks really good. Looks fun. I'm impressed. Yes. I like the rabbit. She's very... She's high-strung, high-speed, just like you would imagine a rabbit would be. And uh, I don't know who the actress is playing the role, but she's she is knocking it out of the park. The um, If you I'm haven't sorry, watched... Actor, it, yeah, what watch the um, trailer? Pay if you already watched it, go back and watch it again, and and pay close attention to the animation of the fox. 
the animation team did a great job. Just how sly he was and in, in his facial animations, just how s- s- <laughs> look at Scott falling asleep over there. <laughs> Biting it, buddy. This this how s- sly he was. He's always had that smile. Just watching her, how she was going nuts. How slow the sloth was on every reply. So the, the animation team did a great job. I also like that the sloth's sentences that he said sounded like poorly timed sound bites between each couple words. Like he would get like two words out and then he would break into the next one. And it just sounded like a there was no natural flow to it. And it worked very well for the characters. So and the scene. But that was the trailer before Force Awakens. Just saying. Any other trailers? Um, new ones. I'm sure, I'm sure there were, but I don't know what the hell they were. The only one sticking out to me is Utopia. All right. Um, I really wish I would have had you watch the Ring of Honor pay per view. The what? Ring of Honor pay per view. No, because the Adam Cole match is really good. I need to send you the um, password. I mean, yeah, fuck oh, it. Oh, Civil War played. It's not a new trailer, though. No, but it, it was my son's first time seeing it. Hmm. Um, I tried to look it up, but of course it took me to a, a slideshow. So screw you, slideshow, and you're dastardly way of getting clicks that's a website going on uh ad block as of now <laughs> your tomfoolery uh what ad block are you using Adblock plus yeah do you um, do you have um <laughs> i have a multitude of lists based on certain um do you, do you use Ghostery as well? What's it called? Ghostery? No, I did not use it. Install that. I will. Um, I'm all for helping ad revenue for websites, but ones of certain practices in case I stumble across their site. Uh, they're not getting a nipple from me. So A nipple? No, I wouldn't give them a nipple. None. None. Um, I did nothing. Okay. Usually, and those sites, it's on my list. I don't even use their content anyways. I mean, it's like, I'm like, Oh, I'm on this dickhead site. Click back. So they at least don't get that. Okay. Well, there's really no wrestling news going on other than the ROE's pay-per-view was this weekend. It was really fucking good. And I should have since, I mean, I should have had Scott come up to my bedroom and watch it since we live together, but we will uh, watch it. Scott will watch it. Yeah, he'll, he'll come up later tonight. <clears throat> yeah, so Scott, just come over to the bedroom. Anyway, we'll watch wrestling. Yeah, cause we're I'm on vacation. Anyway, as we're forward thinking. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, you got the um link open? Which my notes? All for your notes. Yes, it's probably NBA. help with it. All right, while we're doing that, while I'm looking for that, Retro Game of the Week. <laughs> da, da, da. Uh, retro Game of the Week would be Super Empire Strikes Back. 
in the, in the video game section. Yeah, well, I've need filler. Um, Super Empire Strikes Back is uh, now available on PlayStation. No, I'm sorry, Super Star Wars. But anyways, I'm sure Super Empire Strikes Back will be if Super Star Wars sells well. Um, Super Empire Strikes Back, side-scrolling platform action game, uh, run-and-gun kind of stuff. It's like Contra with force powers, just what? not quite as... It is? What? What? Is it? Is it? Yeah, it's like Contra with force powers. Oh, wait. It, One player Contra. On PlayStation? Um... Oh, they're just okay. Damn it, fucker! I thought you were saying it was available on a. Super Star Wars is available on PlayStation or becoming available. I don't know if it's available yet. But anyways, I misspoke when I said Super Empire Strikes Back was available. Oh, you fucker! Just like the movie trilogy, the best game in the game trilogy is Empire Strikes Back, and uh, you got the side-scrolling levels. It's like I said, it's kind of like Contra with. Um, force powers and you have you know chewbacca's got like a little spin move that makes him invincible but he's got a little power bar and he can move while he's doing it han solo lobs grenades and luke skywalker of course has a lightsaber and a whole bevy of force powers that you unlock around the time you go to the Dagoba missions um it's got the mode seven rotational walker sequence which is actually pretty well done especially considering it's on a super nintendo uh, the game's difficulty is freaking up there on whatever normal mode is. If you set it on Brave or Jedi, I think it's so a higher difficulties. It's downright, it will just fuck you to death, plain mm -hmm. and simple. So, excellent graphics, excellent animations, lots of imagination with the Star Wars universe, and actually a pretty cool freaking lightsaber fight with Darth Vader at the end, considering that it's a Super Nintendo game. It's very well done um pick it up i'd say that game probably runs 10 bucks thereabouts if you're getting a retro um of course there's the other methods and if you can't find a copy of that easy for 10 bucks on playstation network you can get super star wars which is almost as good just lacking a little bit on the saber combat and no force powers so it is ten dollars is it available super star wars yeah it is available right now for $10. I might have to just grab that. Even though I've got a copy sitting over there that actually hadn't been that long since I played it. I might have to get that just to set, just to hopefully see more of them come out. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit last week, I think. But anyway, Super Empire Strikes Back. That's your retro game of the week. Now, I was running my mouth. The hell is this document I'm looking for? NWA. It's on. Uh, I went ahead and copied it over to the docs. I don't see it in the docs. Let me refresh. When did you copy it over? This morning. Hmm. The other retro game of the week is. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get started because I got my. I I got some things that I'm thinking of. I can always. Dude, I did not see it. I can always cut this out of the show. There it is. There it is. <clears throat> no, we're rolling. We're rolling with this. Rolling. All right. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Okay. <clears throat> this is NWA for the week of December 21st, 1985. 30 weeks ago, 30 years ago this week. Scott, if anything interesting happened or you wanted to talk about it, just jump in. The thing I noticed was. First off, it was 
I was actually kind of surprised it was called World Championship Wrestling at that point. At what point did they start calling it WCW? After um, Jim Crockett sold it to Ted Turner, so it was around the 90s is when it officially became WCW. Okay. So why was it called WCW in the title? That was the name of the TV program. It was okay. WCW NWA World Championship Wrestling was on Saturday night. Now I'm tracking. That's what so, you're watching right now. Yeah. This so, aired at Saturday night at 6.05 p.m. on Saturday nights on WTBS. TBS. Yeah, yes. 6.05. I always had these crazy time slots. Is TBS yeah. still around? Yes. Huh. They still use crazy-ass time slots? That, I don't know. Huh. Anyways, if, you know, there was a lot... That's one of the earlier wrestling programs I can remember ever seeing on TV. By God, it is around. Um, I haven't had cable in a couple years. So I don't even know if we had TBS on cable a couple years ago when I still had it. Like, did, what do they do? Do they have their own show? Oh, it's, it's yeah. with TNT. Okay. So anyways. It was. Um, I'm not surprised. The. Uh, it was really cool seeing those smoke sunglasses that Arn Anderson had on. I thought that was funny. Uh, and Flair had them on. I was like, man, I remember seeing people walking around in those in real life all the time. And I thought they looked pretty terrible back then. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, some Johnny Cash kind of stuff. The uh, the matches was like a you could see that wrestling style, at least down south, was in like the in-between of the like Bruno San Martino era and where WWE was already at. It was kind of like in between, but it was a good product regard to me. That's how I took it. It seemed like it wasn't quite as advanced or complex as some of the stuff they were doing in WWF at the time. But that changes pretty quick in the next few years. The the matches were they were fairly slow paced. Ole Anderson, he was cranking arm bars and things like that. But I mean they just they just seemed like those guys hit with a lot of freaking weight, man. Like there was an impact to everything they did. And later on, Tully Blanchard finishes that guy by doing the um, suplex off the rope. Slingshot suplex, yeah. Slingshot, yeah, whatever the prop was that he slingshotted off the rope. And uh, he did a slingshot suplex. And I, being a wrestler, not a professional wrestler, but a guy that coaches wrestling and does a lot of wrestling, I was watching his feet. And I can only first off, I'm watching him wrestle. He's using he's modifying, you know, folk style wrestling techniques into his match, which was really cool. But he his extension on his toes and his feet, he was so masterful in his balance and power and execution of that move. And I, I that stood out to me in a way that I don't see many guys do today when I do watch it. So I was and I actually rewound the match a little bit and watched some other things. I saw him do like a half Nelson combo and things like that to a pin. But regardless, I thought that was really cool. You can tell that's a guy that practiced his craft and didn't want to hurt the other dude he was working with. Oh, yeah. I, I think I wrote more about Tully than anybody else on here. So Yeah, he stood out to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wasn't even looking at your notes yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So show starts off with Magnum and Dusty at a – show i don't know where this was at beating two jobbers or as wwe would call them props 
and slow motion with belly-to-belly -belly suplexes. Don't know why. I guess they Dusty really wanted to get himself over since he was a booker at the time. Then we had our intro music. God, I missed that music. <laughs> then we go to um, Tony Savani and David Crockett telling us what's on the show. That's different. No 20-minute bullshit like we get on Raw to kill time. Just who's on the show and if it's going to be worth your time or not. Was it like a retro game of the review of the week review, right? <laughs> no. That failed anyways. <laughs> First match was Ole Anderson versus Bob Wayne with peanut head taunt, uh, Teddy Long as referee. Yeah, I noticed Teddy Long. I was like, oh, he hadn't been brought up yet. <laughs> so he he worked every fucking match, didn't he? Uh, I think so. He was yeah. in there for at least most of them. Yeah. Typical Ole Anderson match. Worked on one body part for the whole match. This yeah. time the arm and just tearing it apart. Special appearance by Arn Anderson. And Ole went over. Ole was about to put me to sleep. Yeah, it was very long. For, for the fact that he was wrestling a jobber, I think that was a jobber. I've never heard of that guy before. Yeah. He was wrestling a prop and spending all that time doing that kind of technique. I was kind of surprised. I was like, wow, just waste this guy, man. Oh, God, um, we're going to call him props from now on. <laughs> I, I, I think that's just the way to do it. Jobber, to me, isn't really any better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe if they if you use a little more slobbers on their jobbers, they wouldn't be props. <laughs> but anyways, back to that. Um yeah, the Paul Jones promo didn't really do much for me. Yeah. The uh, promo of Paul Jones and Barbarian for the Vancant TV title tournament. Weird promo for Paul Jones. Not sure if he was the Barbarian's manager or Barbarian was his brother in his promo. That was a weird fucking promo. I didn't understand what the hell he was talking about. I was lost. So, But either way, <clears throat> I forgot just how big and intimidating the Barbarian was. And I forgot about him wearing that face paint. I remembered it. I mean, when I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, he used to wear that shit. Um, man, dude was big. He was stout. He, he actually he reminds me of this guy I watch on YouTube called um, Elliot Hulse. Hulse is a little more cut, but he's built like that guy. He's just except I'm, he's a lot taller than Elliot Hulse. But he's got that thick traps, thick chest, and all that stuff. And it's just like Jesus Christ, man, this dude's huge. I give Barbarian credit from not Barbarian nineteen eighty five to Barbarian and like when we last saw him in WCW and what 98 yeah dude always looked the same yep nikita koloff with uncle ivan versus tony zane tony zane looked like me if i gave up on on the indies and decided to become a fat jobber but still had my hair <laughs> dude, dude looked just like me yeah i was actually thinking of your brief career yeah when i watched that match yeah first thing tony Giovanni says is tony needs to be lying on his feet here the fat guy needs to be lying on his feet. Yeah, I, my son was like, Dad, he's, he, he's not into like being mean about people being fat, but he was like, how can that guy move? He's so big. And I was like, he's not going to be light on his feet. Yeah. That's from a seven-year-old that doesn't yeah. understand. Nikita is twice <laughs> as fast as most people on this roster. That's why Nikita was scary. He's huge, and he can move, and he was from Russia, from the South Carolina district. Right. Yeah. Matches and – Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Well, match is over quick. Rush the sickle. I mean, he had more energy and more raw animalistic power than anybody that wrestled that night. Yeah. 
Nikita Koloff, man, it's just you just think that he's literally going to explode in the ring at any second. He had that quick boom, he could hit you. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like an great. NFL linebacker, just bam, right up in you. Yeah. And I did not mean that the way it sounded. Another <laughs> 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 uh, social justice warrior has passed away because I of mean, comments. Nikita wasn't the greatest wrestler in the world, but he was big and scary in Russian. I mean that was that was I mean from South Carolina, but he was awesome. Yeah, he was a guy. I remember being a kid and watching Nikita Koloff when he came out to the ring. I'm like, oh no, it's Nikita Koloff, oh, man. And he's gonna break was, Ricky Steamboat's neck. He's gonna rip Sting's arm off. He's gonna smoke Lex Luger. You know, I was just like, I didn't care who he was wrestling. I thought, I thought this guy always had a chance of killing the other person. And when that I was, was eight or that nine was, or ten. Big difference between them and WWF at the time. You had like Nikolai Volkov, who was a big fucking joke. And then yeah. you had Nikita Koloff, who was like, this fucker serious. Well, the other thing, Nikita Koloff, when he gets out there, he makes every other wrestler that was on that show look outdated as fuck. I mean, just. Just in just physical appearance and oh, intimidation. He made everybody look outdated, except maybe Barbarian, but I didn't have any doubts that he'd rip Barbarian's head off if he needed to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's just purely an aesthetic that he had. I mean, I don't. he could be the world's biggest yeah. freaking kitten for all I know, but I doubt yeah. it. Like, if there was a shoot, you think Nikita could just fucking rip somebody's head off. Yeah, exactly. Like, you, he wouldn't be the guy to go over to – to Japan and surprise him with a hard style. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause you may not survive the rest of the match. Oh, yeah. Nikita just had an ex explosive offense. He could just boom. Like yeah. right off. He was, he was built, he was built intimidating. Yeah. N Nikita was built for show and to go. And that, that was the thing. Yeah. Uh, next segment was a promo with America's team. Dusty Magnum TA, who was at this time the U S champion. Magnum was sporting uh, something baby faces don't have today. A scarred up head from ass kicking, but this fucker's got some color. Not sure if that was from Starcade match or from the Bunkhouse Stampede. Sort and sweet promos. No yelling. No great promos, but they got their message across. Fuck the Andersons and fuck Ric Flair. And Dusty is getting the TV title that he never lost. Magnum's head is was really Fucked up. Everybody had freaking scabs on their forehead, man. Now, like I was saying, didn't JJ Dillon have? Yeah, he had scabs on his forehead too. Yeah, from uh, Starcade. There was like yeah. eleven matches, eleven or twelve matches. Uh, only one match did not have blood in it. Did somebody lose their razor blade? <laughs> on the way to the ring. Oh, I mean, forgot to take that in there. Shit. ECW was my favorite wrestling promotion, so I can't say blood's not necessary in wrestling because that was a blood and guts promotion, but my God, that was way too much blood. But Like Raven and the barbed wire? Yeah, but Starcade was just, it was blood after blood after blood. It's like, this is way unnecessary. You know, Sabu and Raven is a match I've seen one time in that, it was in that barbed wire. Yeah. I've never forgotten it. <laughs> like 94, 95, yeah. 96, maybe. The Terry Funk and Raven match. I mean, Terry Funk and Sabu match was, that was something. Yeah. Too. Yeah. 
So, anyways, moving on. Barbarian Paul Jones versus Richard Dunn. Only thing of note is Paul Jones hopped on a commentary after a standing suplex and said, I taught him that. I taught him everything I know. Yeah, I never seen Paul Jones in his prime, but I'm sure he's full of shit. Barbarian, man, that dude, when he was in the ring, I mean, he was he doesn't have the agility of Nikita Koloff, but he does have a big intimidating presence. He's powerful, and, I mean, he could have manhandled that dude. He could have done all kinds of, like, one-handed techniques. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. He was actually – he was one of the better matches – in my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, next, Matt. Next one is the promo. Oh, yeah. Baby doll, the perfect 10 and Tully Blanchard. First, yeah. First off, fuck scripted promos. This is how you cut a promo, idiots. Number one, he states that he's a wrestler, which you can't do today. Number two, he states that everyone does this for the money and that you have to have the belt to keep going to the bank and keep making the money. Today, nobody makes fucking money. Nobody is a superstar. Nobody is presented as one. They are all fucking losers. Then Tully gets <laughs> personal. He's not dressed in a suit and tie like he typically is, but he is wearing a gym from where Madden grew up, and that is to keep him focused. Then he buries the fans for calling him, for claiming that he said, I quit, and the I quit match at Starcade, which is true. He did not say, I quit. He just said yes, but he never said I quit. So it was a bullshit finish. So he never technically lost. No, it's a bullshit finish. He I never quit. said I quit. He announced that he's in the tournament for the TV title, and he held it longer than anyone, and he made it what it is today, just like the U.S. title. <laughs> then Baby Doll jumps in with the gold digger roll. Quote, I need either the world, TV, U.S., I need either the world TV or U.S. title because I am very expensive. And Tully had a great look on his face when she started talking like, the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Tully summed it up, quote, you let me worry about the wrestling. You're bought and paid for. You just worry about taking care of me. Yeah. yeah. She actually was, I mean, she's not a perfect fan, but... I thought it was. I honestly thought it was. A, it was. Um, who was the Red Rooster? Uh, Terry Taylor. I thought it was Terry Taylor and Drag, and then I realized no, this is too early for him to be fat yet. So <laughs> he was on Starcade. Yeah. 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 yeah but he wasn't fat yet. Um, <clears throat> not there's anything wrong with that except for your heart. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's he he did he did a bang up job, man. It was like the, it was the Tully show. You know, yeah. I mean, straight up. So I never a great job. really appreciate Tully Blanchard when I was younger, but my God, Tully That's, Blanchard. I had this like a very similar thought when I was watching it. He never excited me when I was a kid. Was it Brain Busters? Yeah. And I mean, I saw him at other times and before and after that. But he just, he was, I was just always thought, man, I was like, what the hell is this guy doing in the ring? You know, but I wasn't up on wrestling the way yeah. i am now i was just wanting to see hulk hogan smash people and sting smash people and luger smash people yeah. i was all for the baby faces i didn't know much about the craft hell at the time i probably watched this originally if i did see it back in the day i didn't i you know i still thought it was real so i i hated the guy i could never appreciate what he did yeah and now that i'm going back and 
catching some of the older Tully Blanchard stuff that I'm older, I can see, you know, I'm not saying he's freaking Ric Flair, but the man, he, he definitely studied his craft and yeah. he did cut a really awesome promo that night. Yeah. You can definitely appreciate it. I mean, Flair just overshadowed everybody because oh, he, yeah. he's fucking Ric Flair. He's the greatest of all time, so he's going to overshadow everybody. But now you can like, holy shit, Tully was fucking yeah, great. That's like, that's like say, you know, some people, there's never, there's no in between for some people. Nothing can be, nothing can be okay or good. It either has to be shit or excellent. Yeah. And I think, I think maybe I thought that about Tully Blanchard at yeah. some point, but now I just think that he was, he was good. <clears throat> he definitely belongs in the four horsemen. When, when you put like the four in there, he, yeah, I would definitely put him in the horseman. Absolutely. Fuck yeah, he belongs in the group. Yeah, right there with Lex Luger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lex, for listening. I'm a fan. And Paul's just laughing at my fanboyism. And from yeah, and from that we go to Smash, uh, Rape, Repo Man, uh, Crusher Khrushchev. The Mid Atlantic Heavyweight Champion with Uncle Ivan versus Bill That's Mo- the Same guy. Yeah, I didn't know that. I knew Reaper Man Smash was the same. I didn't know that he was Crusher Khrushchev. Yeah, he's Crusher Khrushchev. Holy shit! He learned something every day about wrestling. Yeah. Versus Bill Malky. It was a quick match. Russian Sickle. Yeah, that's it's just over. Yeah, I thought he broke a guy's windpipe. It looked like he chopped him right in the throat. Yeah, he probably wanted to fucking end this shit. Next is a J.J. Dillon promo on behalf of the Nature Boy, Buddy Landell, the national heavyweight champion. Yes, Buddy Landell, not Flair. He's still managing him at this time. J.J. was pissed that Buddy wasn't getting any airtime by Tony tonight, and the only thing anyone wanted to talk about was a TV title. Eh, that's about the gist of it. I, I'm not quite... I think it's in a few months um, is when... Buddy Landell gets his phone call, and he's all fucking jacked up on drugs. And he tells Dusty, don't fucking call me. And he hangs up the phone, and that's when he gets fired. And according to Buddy Landell is when he says, that was the phone call where they told him to come to TV tapings because they're going to start a feud with him and Ric Flair, and he's supposed to get the belt. And whether or not that's true, Whatever, that was Buddy Landell's story. But Buddy will be gone in a few months. And then I think that's when you finally get the actual four horsemen. J.J. drops everybody else, and it's just J.J. and the horsemen. So I think probably beginning of next year, it's going to be the actual four horsemen. So we're, we're getting to the real four horsemen soon. We haven't got them yet, but we're going to be getting them very soon. So the, sh- the show will get better. <clears throat> okay, here we go. Something Scott's been waiting for, so he can talk about it. Tully Blanchard with Baby Doll at a perfect 10 versus Vernon Deaton. Tully's doing a lot of standing elbow drops. Damn, he has the best standing elbow in the business. Also knows he is in great shape for 1985. Slingshot suplex, Tully goes over. Tully has a huge shit-eating grin after he wins. <laughs> Did you notice that? Yes. <laughs> uh, the slow-mo replay shows Vernon sucks. Wait, wait, he did a super- Prop number eight. Yeah, okay. Uh, 
Slow mo <laughs> replay shows that prop number eight sucks, and he did the suplex wrong. He didn't help Tully at all with the suplex. So go Tully. Yeah, he went completely stiff as a freaking board, which I I'm not up on it, but it seemed to me that at some point he needed to kind of roll a little bit well, after he bounced off the rope. Well, no, the first but, thing he's supposed to do is when Tully squats, they're both supposed to squat down at the same time. Uh-huh. He's supposed to put his right hand on Tully's left leg and okay, press it down. It. Both lift at the same time. Right. He fucking didn't do shit. Tully had to do all the lifting himself. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was talking about when about the uh, the toes, the way he Tully did the freaking suplex off the balls of his feet and with explosiveness and you could see that he was lugging that bastard over, but he got him over and protected his neck and head at the same time. And Tully just elbowed the shit out of this guy. I guess Tully decided this fucking prop sucks. I'm going to just lay down. I'm going to just fucking drop elbows. I punched him in the dick when I got in the back. <laughs> Baby dog, go start the car. I'm going to beat the shit out of this prop. <laughs> Yeah, um, if Tully Blanchard ever had back problems, you could probably chase it right back to that match. <laughs> uh, he, 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 his whole body went. That was the only reason that guy got over. Uh, I didn't catch that he didn't put his hand up and help with that. It just, yeah, yeah. But I didn't catch it until I saw the replay, and I was like, "What you fucking piece of shit!" I mean, I understand they got to help each other on the suplex. I'm not saying that I know every in and out of every technique, but I do know that they have to help each other on those suplexes. Well, and he didn't. He didn't look like he helped him. That was all Tully. At any point. Other, the only thing that Vernon Prop 8 did right was he stretched his legs out so he could hit that rope. Yeah. The best thing he did was fucking lay there. So <laughs> Tully could <laughs> yeah. the best show thing up. he did was breathe and show up. Uh, promo Gross. of Arn Anderson. Uh, Arn puts over to Rock and Roll Express, despite what people have said. Imagine that. Build up your competition so when you face your challenge, it looks like you face something, and it puts asses in seats. However, they have never beaten the measuring stick, which is the Minnesota Wrecking Crew. His next topic is he also wants a TV title as well, and he'll defend it every week, something Dusty Rose never did. Buried the booker. So far, the Hills have cut the best promos on the show. This was a Hill show. Top to bottom. Yeah. This was a show for the heels. Uh, Sam Houston versus Kent Glover. Starts off with the Ring of Honor Code of Honor. Someone's marking out. David Crocker was really into the opening of this match. Quote, they shake hands before they do battle. Charges in. Fucking David Crockett. Not the greatest color man in the world, but damn, he gets into it, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. It's kind of he kind of reminds me of William Shatner when there's <laughs> actually there's no fucking drama in the show. Like he knows when there's a really bad show, so he has to make, make his own drama. Uh-huh. And uh, actually, that was pretty much of it. But Glover was was the best prop of the show so far. He's the only one who's actually had any decent offense, and he pretty much kind of resembles Ricky from Trailer Park Boys. Glover played the role with Chicken Shit Hill for Scott's going all over on the fucking notes. That's scaring me. Okay. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> or 
notes, not novels. <laughs> well, I got. Which means it's only a third done if he wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Glover, Glover is the best uh, prop of the show. He's the only one who actually had any decent offense and kind of resembles Ricky from the Trailer Park Boys. Yes, he does. Yeah. Uh, Glover played the role of Chicken Shit Hill. Um, Sam called him out and asked him, why don't you stay in the ring and wrestle? Didn't expect to see the baby face. Sam Whatever Houston happened to Sam Houston? Um, I remember the guy, but I don't have a lot of memory of him. Did he make it over to WWF? I think so. I think he did briefly, at the very least. I remember him in NWA, WCW stuff, but more than anything. I remember reading about him in the magazines, actually, more than anything. Because I used to get the magazines from the Foodland Grocery Store every few weeks. Like, I'd get a PWI one week and one of the others the next week or something. I'd get two or three a month. I think he ended up marrying somebody. Thank you, Mary Baby Doll. Well, good for Sam Houston. So yeah, I mean, um, see, his half brother is Jake the Snake Roberts, and his younger sister is Rock and Robin. No shit. Mm hmm. Huh. Well, that's pretty interesting. You learn something every day. Wrestling is you had so many people involved, and so many, so much drama, and so much just regular life stuff that went on behind stage. It's they can they can make movies and books about that shit for the next fifty years. Um, That's just the eighties. He he did go to WWF in eighty seven, and then he went back to WCW ninety three as a jobber. Yeah, yeah. I just vaguely remember him. I remember the boots and all that stuff. So. So yeah, he talks shit to um, the prop, and the one thing I know is that anytime that Tony Schiavone called Glover by name, sound like he called him Blutter, but it it didn't matter. Sam Houston went over with the Bulldog, and then we got Ric Flair's first promo. Uh, Flair made four points. Number one. When he wakes up, he has to be the best-looking man alive. Number two, he has to be the best-dressed man alive. Number three, he has to be the world heavyweight wrestling champion. And number four, he has to be a modern-day sex symbol in the world. Uh, in other words, I have to fulfill all the dreams, the desires, and the wishes, and the lust of thousands of young women all throughout this great country. Flair puts over Jim Crockett Promotions. Flair then talks about Dusty having a shot at Flair on Christmas Day. And the girls are all loving Flair just taping. Flair is the original million-dollar man as he pulls out $300 for Tony to take his wife out for Christmas. $200 for Magnum for clothes because when you dress like Magnum, it doesn't take a lot to get you fixed up. And $500 for Dusty to fly a first class anywhere in the country to take on Flair at any time. And Flair still had money left over in his hand. Now, I like when he yelled at the, the lady in the audience, and, like you did, like you never have a chance with me or something along those lines. He, she was yelling something at him, and he shut just, up. Yeah, he shut just up. destroyed her. I was like, oh my gosh. 
It's it stuff. I don't care what you say. I'll never take you home. Yeah. Now I did some uh, cost of inflation calculations here. Um, I was wondering what those numbers were. Yeah, three hundred dollars in nineteen ninety five equals out to six hundred sixty one dollars and seventy two cents. Wow, those Nintendos are really expensive that year, huh? Yeah. So, like PS three expensive. Yeah. So Tony Savani had six hundred sixty one dollars and seventy two cents to take for uh, his wife out for dinner. Four hundred forty one dollars and fourteen cents for Magnum TA to go and buy clothes. And $1,102.86 for Dusty to fly off to first class. Ron Garvin and Rag uh, Ragan. <laughs> Shit. Well, if you looked at his head, it looks like he was Ragan. Ron Garvin yeah. and the Raging Bull Manny Fernandez versus Thunderfoot and Black Bart in the Championship Challenge Series. Uh, Thunderfoot this match was one that I've never seen before. Yeah. This match was shit. Man yes, uh, Th Thunderfoot, uh, Black Bart lost. Okay. Uh, Jim Crockett Jr. comes out to announce the last match for the Championship Challenge Series will be Ole Anderson versus Magnum TA for the U.S. title. Um, Ronnie Garvin was out to have his promo after Crockett, after Jim Crockett's promo, but Flair came out and put over Jim Crockett and talked, to, talked shit about how nobody was man enough to get beat by Flair. Flair got pissed that Garvin was still out there because, quote, everyone knows that whenever Flair walks out there, everyone just disappears. Garvin responded that the shun don't sign just for you. The rest of the world gets some of it. Garvin challenges Flair for the belt next week and walks off. Flair gets pissed and starts yelling that he'll buy the whole damn hour. Garvin comes back and says that anyone who is yelling must be nervous, and I'll see you next week. We got a date. We ain't. But we ain't gonna be making love. We're gonna be wrestling. I thought Garvin gave a pretty good promo. Yeah, he was the blue collar. I ain't put up your bullshit, rich boy, and it worked really well. And and, and uh, <laughs> really pissed Flair off as well when he said when he started talking about Flair must be out of money. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he 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 cut him pretty good. He's like. So. Why don't you put your uh? I want you put your money where your mouth is. Once you put your belt up, because you probably ain't got no money anymore. <laughs> Just flare off. It was pretty good. <laughs> Flair was awesome back in '85. Yeah. Rock and Roll Express versus Randy Malky and Larry Clark. Mostly just Ricky and Robert working over the arm or Randy Malky most of the match. Why the hell someone would wear white boots and knee pads and purple trunks makes no sense. This Not guy sure. could not color coordinate. He'll never be a superstar. I'm just saying, Macho Man. Yeah. Rock and Roll Express went off the Sunset Flip by Ricky Morton. Honestly, I wasn't paying any attention to anything else. This was not a very good match for, by the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah, the only thing that caught me, I was like, oh, wow, the Rock and Roll Express. And then like two minutes later, I was like, okay, I remember yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> Man, those guys were hairy. And I know the Rock and Roll Express are great. Don't get me wrong. It's just this wasn't their night. Yeah. They were just there to... Work a match and probably try to fuck those girls that Ric Flair was going to get. Yeah. This night, it looked like they were going to get Ric Flair's overflow because those girls were there for Flair. Magnum TA, I put Magnum TV, Magnum TA versus George South. 
This match is over in 27.62 seconds. Seriously, I timed it. George South jobbed the shit out of this. Yeah, that was just a blitz. That was some Goldberg shit right there. Yeah. Magnum TA was fucking ripped, though. I gotta get credit. Yeah, he was in shape. He just smashed that guy. Aaron Anderson versus Josh Stroud. Match starts with Double A talking shit to David Crockett. David Crockett, let me show you what finesse, how it stacks up next to a muscle head. Josh Stroud is fucking ripped from 1985. Like, Billy Jack Haynes, Lex Luger ripped. Yes. This, this fucker is in the wrong league. I can't believe he's in the NWA, not WWF. Arn practically worked the arm to hoe match and no sold any offense. Double A works, wins with the Gord Buster. That was pretty much the whole fucking match. That was it. Um, promo of Dusty. Pretty plain promo from Dusty. Everyone claims they are bad, but only one person is bad. That's Dusty. He's going to win a TV title. he get Flair's belt. And if they want it, him and Magnum will come and get it. Um, Arn and Elvis belts too. Uh, this is oh, Dusty's second promo and not Dusty's night. Nope. Like he was drinking <laughs> all day. Probably. Ivan Koloff versus Dan Turner. Basic evil Russian match. Russian sickle for the win. Promo with Flair to close the show. He basically promised to fuck 8,000 women on Christmas morning. <laughs> Toda Garvin, he's not scared of him, and he's going to beat up, beat him up so bad he'll he'll be compared to Dusty Rhodes. Then he ran it on Dusty till they told him to wrap it up. Flair was being Flair. He ran it on the cameraman and the girls. So, I mean, it was it was all in all it was a good show. The thing it was lacking was any matchups. It was all jobbers. I mean, they had some mid card people wrestling each other in that tag team match, but like. For wrestling content, I give it like a C. And I mean, there was some good stuff on display, but overall, I give it a C. For promos, I give it an A minus. Yeah, it's pretty much that's what this show is. It's it's, it's promos. promos. It's promos yeah. and jobbers. Is pretty much what WCW was. Mm-hmm. But uh, eh, it's better than fucking Raw. But today's Raw for sure. Oh yeah. But it's different. Yeah, it was pretty good. I was entertained. I mean, I liked watching some of these old names work. You know, I've never watched a whole lot of Magnum TA. I mean, I've seen him wrestle a few times, but I I thought, okay, I'm going to watch the Magnum. Then <laughs> it was over. I'm going to watch it next week, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah, you get to see a, a title match next week. Yeah. I'm so, actually kind of excited for next week. We get to watch uh, uh, Ole and Tully and flair and ronnie garvin so isn't this better than tape trading yeah all this content at your fingertips oh yeah don't have to wait for someone to send you tape from japan or some bullshit yeah i remember your stack of vhs's was legendary Mm. you had piles of them yeah now they're all in storage building i can't get to they probably ain't worth a fuck now yep there's a, there are some shows that are hard to get on VHS, period. Yeah. I know there's some old UFC, not UFC itself, but MMA stuff that's hard to get. But I know there's some wrestling shows that, um, just out of curiosity, sometime in the past year, I don't remember when, I Googled tape trading because I was thinking about it. 
and uh, I clicked on one of the forums, and there were some people talking about rare shows. And this guy, some of those guys, have been looking for some of those shows for years and didn't have copies yet. So I thought that was kind of neat. So, <sighs> so it's not. It's a very, very, very niche group of people still tape trading, but mm-hmm. that's just for rare shows. It's not available in digital content or for purchase. Yeah. So next week we'll um, we'll do that one. Well, maybe we'll do the Adam Cole match because Scott needs to watch that one. It's a very quick match, but we'll see what we can do. So, um. That is it for this week. So, unless there's something else that Scott needs to remind us of, I think that's it. Let's go see Star Wars. It's pretty good. All right. And I say don't see it because it's shit. Bye-bye.